welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov, the podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need to know political news and tea. So, as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome back to Top Stories of the Week. Happy Tuesday. A lot of things have happened, a lot of drama in the news Literally. world. A lot of drama in the news world. And we're recording this on Monday when two major headlines dropped from Fox and CNN. What's going on? Like, literally, literally, what's going on? The level of gas, too, mm-hmm. that I made when I saw Tucker Carlson is leaving Fox News. Mm. When I tell you, you could have heard this in China, <laughs> you could have, you probably could hear it in Mars. Mm. I, shooketh de la shooketh for lack of a better phrase truly it's not that it doesn't even make sense it does in a way but it's just like i don't know it's one of those classic like you'd never think you'd see the day and then you do see the day truly and we're gonna get into all of it because also don lemon is getting dropped from cnn crazy and yeah there's there's tons to get into but before we get into it too we don't have any official election watch updates on our side of the timeline right now because they're recording on monday but apparently biden is supposed to announce tomorrow when you guys are listening to this so if that's the case congrats it finally happened to the literally future. wait this reminds me of what i wanted to tell you what i saw a car this weekend with mm. a bumper sticker on it and at that can- candidate what the hell is his first name kennedy it's the Kennedy dude, that is a major conspiracy theorist, ironically Democrat. I mean, you know, there's crazies on both sides of the aisle, mm-hmm. anti-vax, whatever dude. And he's running, he's primarying Biden. And I was just like, he's one of those candidates, like, obviously, you know, someone out there does support him, just like someone out there does support Marianne Williamson. And same things happen on both sides of the aisle for various smaller candidates, but like some, there's something about actually seeing that in the wild. That's like, whoa! Like it's real. Yeah. Like that person is real. That candidacy see, is real. Like you know see what I mean? The candidate like, versus to yeah. see a supporter in the wild. Yes, that's, that's what's wild. Yes. Well, first of all, the Biden situation. I mean, it's just annoying. It's we've known he's running for a while. Apparently, it's officially going to be announced finally this week. But I think what I'm most curious about, too, on that regard is just how do things change from here? Like, is there are things even going to look different from his camp or when are things going to ramp up? That's just going to be what I'm watching that I'm curious about. And when, you know, campaign, the campaign is going to be built out, what that's even going to look like. So we will see. But hopefully we are right in our our assumption that... (laughs) It will be announced and it's impunchable. So if anyone wants to get mad at anyone, it's impunchable. And I believe it was in the hell this morning as well. So yeah, take it up and, with them. Yeah. So there it is, folks. But we might as well get into these top stories of the week mm-hmm. because we have some doozies to run through given all of this drums from the big media conglomerates. I just, every time I think of this too, first of all, I don't watch Succession, but I think of su- Succession. And the other thing I just, I'm just imagining like the office today on both, both Fox and CNN, just like the absolute craziness. Imagine like all, all the staff are just probably whispering all the drama. I just wish I could be a fly on the wall in yeah. 
Well, you have to like wonder too, like what the staff dynamics are on mm. these. I'm going to guess that they're by show. I could be wrong. I've never worked oh. at like a big media company, but I would imagine that and do each they like almost beef? has like its own department. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, they have their so, own team and writers, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's like, what does that look like? One of my biggest hates in life is open floor plan offices. And basically there was an office in the back that the heads of the organization, like that was like their main office and small companies, you know, no HR. So like you do, if someone was going back there and the door was closed, that either someone was like leaving, like, or in like putting their two weeks in, or they were getting fired or reprimanded. And so like someone would have to walk down this like long hallway, but like in Walk front of everyone. Yeah. And you're like, Ooh, and everyone's like G chatting each other. Like what's happened? What do you think they said? Oh my God, blah, 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 blah. Which is just so unhealthy and like so like <laughs> you know what it makes it? me think of in The Bachelor. What? In The Bachelor, when like someone goes on a date and everyone who's not on the date is like at, in the mansion or whatever, mm-hmm. and whatever producer comes in and grabs the suitcase and they're all on the couch and they're like, oh, <gasps> it's just oh, getting that for totally some reason. Totally that. <laughs> Wait, no, I literally just had such a not a core memory because it's not like a good memory, but I remember this girl that this woman that used to work at this company and she was nuts like nuts and it was very apparent within like a few weeks and so obviously they wanted to let her go it was literally like that and someone had to come back like walk to her like desk and like start packing up her stuff but like we never saw her again Oof. Um, that's such a yeah. shitty feeling i my first ever job out of college i got laid off and like that just having to go back to your desk and like get your things and like sneak i like snuck no. out i was like i don't want to talk to anybody bye <laughs> Like literally see ya. Anyways, holy tangent. Let's get into the story. Um, Starting with Tucker Carlson, Fox News said Monday it has agreed to part ways with Tucker Carlson, its popular and controversial host, less than a week after settling a lawsuit over the network's 2020 election reporting. The network said in a press release that the last program of Tucker Carlson aired Friday. We thank him for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a contributor, the press release from the network said. Carlson became Fox's most popular personality after replacing Bill O'Reilly, TBT to him, I in Fox's, <laughs> I know, in Fox's uh-huh. primetime lineup in 2016. He also consistently drawn headlines for controversial coverage, including most recently airing tapes from the January 6th Capitol insurrection to minimize the impact of the deadly attack, all while the lawsuit was being dropped. That was that story that we've talked about so many times. There's no immediate explanation from Fox about why Carlson was leaving. Fox agreed last week to pay Dominion Voting Systems more than $787 million and acknowledged that some of its reporting following the 2020 election, which allowed former President Donald Trump's aides to amplify false charges of election fraud, was incorrect. But that reporting mostly concerned other shows, not Carlson's. His name did come up during the case primarily because of email and text messages that were revealed as part of the lawsuit. Carlson and other Fox hosts were caught in private messages doubting their own network's allegations about Dominion's role in the supposed election fraud, while also being concerned that Fox was losing audience among Trump fans at the time. In some of them, Carlson privately criticized Trump, saying he hated him passionately. (laughs) A few weeks ago, Carlson devoted his entire show to an interview with Trump. Carlson was recently named in a lawsuit filed by Abby Grossberg, a Fox News producer, fired after claiming that Fox lawyers had pressured her to give misleading testimony in the Dominion lawsuit. Grossberg had gone to work for Carlson after leaving Maria Bartiromo's Fox show. Her lawsuit says that Grossberg 
learned, quote, she had merely traded in one overtly misogynistic work environment for an even crueler one, this time one where unprofessionalism reigned supreme and the staff's distaste and disdain for women infiltrated almost every workday decision. Fox has countered with its own lawsuit trying to bar Grossberg from disclosing confidential discussions with Fox attorneys and saying in a statement that her allegations in connection with the Dominion case are baseless. Fox News Tonight will air in Carlson's 8 p.m. ET primetime slot hosted by a rotating array of network personalities for the time being. Wow. The variety pack of Mm, hell. Variety pack. Great. What a joy. What a pleasure. That's like a see you later. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I mean, I think the the thing that'll be interesting to see next is where does he go? Because where does he go? Well, so here are the two things that I've been seeing on the interwebs, mm-hmm. and they go in two directions. One is oh, he's gonna be he's gonna go to like OAN to Newsmax, something of that sort. Have either his own show in that sort of you know category or whatever. There'll be something in that vein. The other thing that I've seen is the question mark, is he going to run for office? Like, oh. is that the direction? And I'm like, I, I really don't know. Like, I I don't have a gut feeling That's, on either. But it's I so just, interesting because he, he like has his own base in a way. Oh, he totally um, does. And I'm curious too, like also what this does to the Republican base as a whole, like because Tucker yeah. is like in the Trump kind of camp as far as like Trump's base loves Tucker blindly. And now with him leaving Fox, what does that do to Fox and its audience? Also, what does that do to Fox's content? Like, are they going to start to kind of lean more middle, steer away from Trumpism? I don't know. But because like, I think a lot of their viewers might leave because Tucker's leaving. See, where I'm like, I don't know. Well, I do agree he totally has a base, and I have another comment attached to that in a second. Is, like, he's, like, a part of, like, a gang of cronies. You know, he's not the only personality or host that I think has the, like, that same viewpoint. So I think because there are, like, a few others that also are, like, you know, yeah. Carlson-esque, like, I don't know if that would cause someone to totally leave. I think it would, if anything, like, maybe expand, like, oh, yeah, well, like, Tucker's, like Tucker's on Newsmax now, different. like... I mean, he definitely has a cult following. Like, I think if he ran, especially in, like, a red district of, like, like a Matt Gates district, for example, something like that, he's a shoo-in. He'd win in a heartbeat. for sure. Like, my God. So, you know, it's it's in his favor if that's what he wants to do when he's running in a particularly, like, red spot. I actually have no idea where he lives. Wait, I'm Googling this. I'm so curious. He probably lives in New York. Also lives in, like, Florida. Oh, Interesting. He probably has a Florida home and like also lives in New York to work. But yeah, it's just interesting because he's like not a politician, but he has so much political power mm-hmm. and he's like almost like an influencer celebrity that can have major kind of political influence. So it's just really interesting to see yeah, what those next steps are going to be and what it does to Fox, what it does to their content, and honestly, ultimately, even what it does to the Republican Party and like where they go. Because I think Fox News like low-key just controls the entire Republican base. And depending yeah. on where they go, like that's kind of where the party has to go. So really fascinating stuff. But there is another crazy departure from a major news network cnn because don lemon 
is out at the cable news network, CNN, a little over two months after apologizing to viewers on air comments about Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley, CNN announced Monday. CNN and Don have parted ways. CNN chair Chris Licht said, Don will forever be a part of the CNN family and we thank him for his contributions over the past 17 years. We wish him well and we will be cheering him on in his future endeavors. So odd. CNN did not provide a public explanation for Lemon's departure, but on the CNN This Morning co-host's own Twitter account, Lemon contended the news came as a surprise to him and characterized it as a firing. He had appeared on his show that morning. Quote, I was informed this morning by my agent that I have been terminated by CNN. I am stunned, he wrote in a statement posted shortly after 12 p.m. Eastern. Quote, after 17 years at CNN, I would have thought that someone in management would have the decency to tell me directly. At no time was I ever given any indication that I would not be able to continue to do the work I have loved at the network. In mid-February, Lemon caused an uproar when during a discussion on CNN this morning with co-host Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins about the ages of politicians, he said that the 51-year-old Haley was not, quote, in her prime. A woman, he said, was considered in her prime in her 20s, 30s, and maybe her 40s. Harlow challenged Lemon, trying to clarify what he was referencing, quote, I think we need to qualify, are you talking about prime for childbearing or are you talking about prime for being president? Lemon said, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying what the facts are. He brought up the subject again an hour later and was rebutted by commentator Adi Cornish. Lemon issued a statement saying he regretted his, quote, inartful and irrelevant comments, which Haley herself called the comments sexist and used to fundraise. He was subsequently absent from the show for three days, returning the following week with a tweeted apology, but no mention of the episode on air. Lick told staffers in a memo at the time that Lemon would undergo formal training, but did not specify what that would entail. Lick added that it was important to him that the network, quote, balances accountability with fostering a culture in which people can own, learn, and grow from their mistakes. This is very interesting. I actually like didn't even know this all happened. I don't watch CNN or Fox or anything. So yeah, it's just really interesting because yes, this is problematic, these comments, but I feel like there's probably been hundreds of other comments made by multiple other hosts that can be also deemed this well problematic. I don't think this is the worst thing I've ever heard said on air, you know? So it's just interesting that like this is the straw, but like, I don't know if there was more that we don't know about. Yeah. That's what I was going to say to that point, because I totally agree with you. I mean, fuck these comments a thousand percent. And I remember this happening, whatever, however many months ago this was, but it makes me think whatever was going on with the training or whatever else this revealed, like this opened up some type of Pandora's box of something else, Mm. because I think if they were going to fire him, well, actually I have two schools of thought on this. I think on one hand, if they were going to fire him over these comments, which I still think would have actually been the wrong move because it would have shown that they're not allowing someone to learn, grow and take accountability. So I think that would have been the wrong move, but I think that they would have done it a little bit faster yeah. The other side of this makes me think that maybe there was a reason they were trying to get rid of him anyways, and this gave yeah. them the out. The third, actually, I would say, and this is like such a classic, like if you've ever like worked in a corporate job and you've like someone, you know, someone's been put on like a, you know, corporate, like a um, improvement plan. It means mm-hmm. that they're giving 
essentially that person two months to like not meet the new the requirements that are required of the job very much in writing so that they can find that person. And so I wonder if like in an, in essence, like this training and whatnot was a part of sort of that idea of like, not, you know, here's this improvement plan, but realistically they know this person's not going to meet these requirements and it's essentially formalizing firing without being able to be liable for a lawsuit. Yeah. And then being able to be like, we tried. Right. Which also, and the other flag to me with that type of thing is the fact he's calling out like, oh, well, no one in management personally reached out to me. Like they're putting a legal barrier between like the management and him in the firing. And like, that's very purposeful. It might be standard practice at a place like CNN. I really don't know, but like that in and of itself, the fact that there's like a separation to me tells me like, okay, there's, they're really trying to draw a legal line in the sand here that -hmm. prevents anything from getting misconstrued or this thing, that thing or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's probably something bigger. They've been kind of wanting to get rid of him for a while. This is an an excuse for getting rid of him. And I think that's probably the reality of the situation. And that's why Don Lemon is a little blindsided. There's also like a conspiracy theory mind that there's like something bigger, something he did that they don't want to, they don't want out and they just want to let him go for something and have an excuse for that and then be able to just brush it under the rug and move on and get him out who knows but this is Um, very interesting it's interesting and wait that totally just spurred like a are you a kelsey ballerini fan Mm -hmm. you know her song her new album that's like or it has like the line of like were you blindsided or were you just blind blind? yeah that's what that just reminded me of i know yeah that's true yeah well wow really shocking i honestly like even it's like weird because Tucker leaving Fox is like a bigger deal because he's such a face of that brand and just huge news to see that happen. The reason why he left makes sense. Whereas the Don Lemon thing, it's like, he's not like that big of a face on the show. I mean, he, he is, I'm sure to the viewers, but like Tucker just has so much more ties to that just Fox brand. Yeah, and then Agreed. but the Don thing is just like a mystery kind of drama tea of as to why he left, like so unexpected. But I honestly, the Tucker Carlson thing is is a little bit more expected. That's which just given still, the lawsuit and everything it is like a little bit juicier. But I also at the same time I think the Don Lemon thing is so on our radar because it it was released within an hour of the Tucker announcement. So it was like, mm. oh my God, like, holy moly, guacamole. Like we've got things coming out of the woodwork. Like who's mm. next, you know? Who's and so next? I think- And I know, and then you're like, are these things tied together? Like the fact right. that the two like biggest faces of each each of these, I mean, CNN too, Cuomo, they've had a few big departures. Wait, I meant to tell you this. So the Hill launch is like a part of like, I think News Nation, and they've launched some sort of like TV programming element. And I saw their like lineup of like faces and Cuomo is one of them. Mm. Um, Everyone was white. There was not one single non-white person on this lineup. Well, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm just saying. Um, also, wasn't Sky at some type of Cuomo event recently? That. Yeah, that was interesting too. So I wonder like too, he's taking his break, taking his hiatus. I wonder, you know, what his next steps are and whether he's like fully ready to come back into the spotlight or what that's going to look like for Cuomo I think, too. I think he is. I know yeah. like there's like rumblings. I don't really think that. And this is Chris. 
Yeah. I don't really think that there's like a huge like appetite for it. I think just the Cuomo name in general, New York is just like, ugh, like gross. Yeah, like you let's know? move on. Yeah. And it's uh, it's is yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like a beating the dead horse scenario the like vibe. It's like really this guy again? Like, did we not mm. learn our lesson? Like that's sort of the general pulse check I get from it. Yeah. Agreed. Say la vie. Crazy stuff. Crazy Monday morning. Mm, it really is. And I, I like have, might have to watch turn on these networks and see what they're what they're saying about it. If they're gonna talk about it, if they're gonna just try and push through no, it, regular programming, you know? No, it's like actually made me excited to like have my parents' password to their cable. <laughs> <laughs> like, <Period. ugh. laughs> like guys, you might have to tune in. It's like the new scandal. <laughs> Oh, literally. It literally is a new scandal. Speaking of which, we do need to debrief last week's episode, but you were on a date and I knew you weren't watching it. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I watched it yesterday. I watched it yesterday. I It's starting. It's starting. And I'm really excited. It really is starting. And also the fact that like Allie like sees it, mm-hmm. like is so interesting because what's so weird is that she doesn't see James's bullshit. Like he's like, he's funny, but he's obviously the most toxic person to exist ever as well. Yeah. And she's like, oh, love you. But then she sees this other stuff going on and she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, People are wild. I'm very curious whether she, what her intentions are even being with him. If she's like, this is fun, get to be on a reality show, see what happens, or whether she actually is into him. She seems just way out of his league. And she seems also like she knows he's psycho and she's just kind of sticking it out for. Yeah. Give me some clout, which, hey, don't blame her. Get but your bag. She, like, totally hits me as, like, a goody two-shoes, like, just, like, yeah. a sp- Like, I'm like, what in exactly. the world? Exactly. That's why it, like, just stuff? doesn't make sense. No. Yeah. It's um, left me confused. And also, then Katie, like, talking to, to Sandoval and being, like, and calling mm-hmm. him out. I'm like, hmm. But I've seen a lot of interviews with Lala recently, and she makes, like, the point of, like, her and Katie being, like, on the outsides of, like, that group really were able to see things first because like they weren't like wasn't like Sheena where she's like best friend with Raquel, Rachel, whatever. And they're already like skeptical about those people. Whereas you can kind of be blinded by blind trust with friends. Anyways, I'm excited to see how this continues to unravel. I feel like it's finally starting. Mm -hmm. And first of all, I never have watched Vanderpump before. I started the season kind of late after all the drama came out. And so like the whole season from episode one, I've been looking through the lens of Scandaval. Whereas I know a lot of people like have went back and start like rewatched the season from the start with that lens after everything came out. So from like since episode one, me and my roommate have been like, oh, mm-hmm. what, what did he just, why did he touch your back like that? Like, <laughs> No, a thousand percent. No, I'm the same yeah. way. Cause it's like, I didn't, I think I watched like a handful of episodes at one point back when like Vanderpump start first started. Cause I like love Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So like, like the Lisa Vanderpump scenario, but he never like really got into it. Like it just wasn't my, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't take, but now I'm like so invested. I watched like a few episodes of early seasons with Mac, like just one time I was in New York, like we yeah. were just hung over on the couch and we were watching it and she had already seen it before. And it was just like one of those kind of like mindless things to throw on the TV. So that was the totally. only time I had watched it before, but I was like, I don't know how you watch this because it was like first season when it's like, 2012 and their outfits are so heinous not that they're any honestly any better these no, days, <laughs> but just all the aesthetics are 
like my least favorite, just like LA 20, 2011, like the cheesiest of outfits and everything. Even like the whole like cert still to this day, all the like interior design in there makes me want to gag. So that alone made me be like, I don't want to watch the show, but I'm bought in. I'm bought in this yep. season and, you know, just counted on the days for that reunion. And you know what? If you guys are listening, Becca, I'm really talking to you. If you have takes on this, <laughs> let us know. There are some gut clippers, guys, that are also Bravo, Bravo-istas. Is that what we would call it? A Bravo-ista? I don't know if I'm that's thinking there. like a, t- a Maxinista. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> next story, banner pump recap aside. Mm-hmm. Okay. Come back next week. <laughs> We'll have some interesting takes and we'll be like aligned on timing of seeing the episode. So I'm sure we'll be like crazy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways. Hi guys. They say it's a man's world. So what does that mean for the rest of us? I wanted to take a minute to tell you about a new podcast series that is answering that question. From authors and politicians to athletes and activists, the Story of Woman podcast features interviews with those who explore our world through the female gaze. And they've just launched a new season looking at change and how women make it happen. Every episode, the host, Anna Steckline, speaks with women at the top of their industries who are leading social and cultural change. I'm most excited for the first episode, which features a first time ever exclusive joint interview with Hillary Clinton and Sherry Blair, a leading international human rights lawyer and wife of the former British prime minister. I'd say these women know a thing or two about driving change. Seriously. The season also features a Nobel Peace Prize laureate, Afghanistan's youngest ever female mayor, a co-creator of the Black Lives Matter movement, an indigenous environmentalist from Chad, and more. For real change to happen, we need to hear more of women's voices. So be sure to subscribe to The Story of Woman wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlonthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. If you work in the political space, listen up. Here at Girl on the Gov, we have built our whole business around effectively marketing political messaging through digital media. And we want to help you do the same. We have a full digital media consulting menu these days tailored specifically to the political space. Number one, hashtag viral. It is our paid social media newsletter that comes straight to your inbox every Tuesday. If you've ever thought uh, this meeting could have been an email, this newsletter is for you. We give basics to best practices, platform updates, and the content ideas you need to go hashtag viral. And for offering number two, if you want some one-on-one face-to-face attention, we offer that too. We provide social media audits and consulting to help you achieve the conversions and engagement you've been hoping for from your social media content. And number three, in our newest edition, Podcast Consulting, we are the minds behind this gorgeous political podcast for young voters that we've been running for two and a half years now. So we know a thing or two about how not only to get a podcast off the ground, but how to grow an audience. We provide podcast consulting for anyone trying to get their podcast started or provide podcast audits for those who have started their pod but want to see it take off. Podcasting is a great new in-house digital media marketing tool and a great way for any candidate elected or org to amplify their work and their voice. So head to girlonthegov.com slash consulting to learn more about our services and to sign up for hashtag viral to start slaying the beast that is digital media. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. 
My feed is flooded with customized this and personalized that, all promising to fix my split ends and my dry skin and all of the things. But when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. And your formula literally couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals, and they get personal. Pros covers everything from diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They even asked me about, you know, where I live, the water hardiness that I have coming from my shower, UV index, all of the things. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing premixed, nothing off the shelf. And I know from experience, one-of-a-kind formulas equal one-in-a-million results. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed that my hair is definitely fuller. I have thinner hair that just like will not hold a curl or stay voluminous. And ever since using pros, that has changed. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering an exclusive trial offer. So you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash girlandgov. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash G-I-R-L-A-N-D-G-O-V for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash girlandgov. Okay. SCOTUS news. SCOTUS news. One thing before we say the story, but it's related is if you haven't read last week's GovHub newsletter, we did include Clarence Thomas's diss track in there. So if you're looking through your inbox, look for GovHub newsletter April 17th, and you'll find it. Anyways, moving right along. The Supreme Court said Monday, aka today, it will decide whether public officials can block critics from commenting on their social media accounts, an issue that previously came up in a case involving former President Donald Trump. I do think this is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I have so many opinions. Oh, my God. Okay, let's get through the story. Samantha Lee. Two years ago, the Supreme Court dismissed a case over Trump's efforts to block critics from his personal Twitter account. A lower court had said Trump violated the First Amendment whenever he blocked a critic to silence a viewpoint. But the Supreme Court said that the case should be dismissed because there was nothing left to do after Trump was permanently suspended from Twitter and ended his presidential term. The Republican former president's account has since been reinstated. Thanks, Elon. Now the court has agreed to hear two cases involving much lower profile figures. The first involves two elected members of a California school board, the Poway Unified School District Board of Trustees. The members, Michelle O'Connor Ratcliffe and TJ Zane, use Facebook and Twitter accounts to communicate with the public. Two parents, Christopher and Kimberly Garnier. What is this perfume? You know, the hair, the shampoo. Shampoo. Why do I always have to say perfume? Oh, my God. Left critical comments and replies to posts on the board members' accounts and were blocked. An appeals court said the board members have violated their free speech rights by doing so. The other case involves James Freed, who became the city manager of Port Huron 
Michigan in 2014. Freed, who was appointed to his position by the mayor and city council, used a Facebook page to communicate with the public. 2020, a resident, Kevin Linke, used the page to comment several times from three Facebook profiles. Jesus, people, get, like, get a life. Including criticism of the city's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Freed blocked all three accounts and deleted Linke's comments. Linke sued, but lower courts side with Freed. Kitty Fallow, a senior counsel at the Knight First Amendment Institute at Columbia University, which was involved in the Trump case, said that more and more public officials are using social media to communicate about official business. As many courts have held, it doesn't matter whether it's the president or a local city manager, government officials can't block people from these forums simply because they don't like what they're saying, Fallow said in the statement. The Supreme Court should reaffirm the basic First Amendment principle. The Supreme Court will not hear the new cases before the fall. The justices this week are hearing their last scheduled arguments and will issue decisions in May and June before going on a summer break. I'm sure Clarence will be at that billionaire's house as well in the Adirondacks if anyone's like looking for him. The court will resume hearing arguments in October. This is so interesting to me because for so many reasons, but I think one side of this is I agree, like free speech, you should be allowing people, constituents to voice their opinions, share their, you know, point of views, background, et cetera, with their elected officials and also be able to hold their elected officials accountable and use the spaces that exist to connect with those people for doing so. Yeah. The spot where I go, oi, is there are so many elected officials and especially women and especially women of color that get harassed to nobody's, like, like to the ends of the earth on social media platforms for the, and it's not like a matter of, let me tell you about this, you know, pothole on my street. Like, let me tell you about this, or I don't like this policy because it's doing this. It's like literally like death threats and crazy, crazy threats. And where is then the line in the sand for when something is almost like no longer free speech? It's like, it's dangerous. And then where's also the line in the sand for when, you know when something's like a dog whistle or is like symbolizing something like when someone sends an emoji of like a noose or something like that. And you know, like that really means for someone to hang themselves, but like they're not saying it. So then where does that line get drawn? You know? Yeah. Well, the other thing too, it's like there's already infrastructure in place in these social media companies to protect users from harassment. And that like this, this goes beyond just even public officials. So it's like celebrities have to deal with the same thing. Any, everyone has to deal with that. If say, if you have a tweet that goes viral and there's people who don't agree with you, even if you're me and you're just a regular citizen, like people can come and harass you. And like the, the platform is supposed to protect you from that and protect certain speech. So I don't see that's, that's what I think the line is and it should be. Whereas like the, it's on the platform to, you know, make sure people are safe. And I think blocking critics is something completely different and is, you know, obstruction of free speech because at the end of the day, like that's your literal right to like protest to say what you want. And I think that should exist on social media platforms as well. But again, like you said, like there are so many people who are harassed and I think that's still important to protect our public officials from that. But it's like the platform's responsibility to ensure that people remain safe and there's not like hateful speech being being spewed. So yeah, which I think like the I'm platforms just... just do such a shitty job of it. Like in every yeah. element of it. It's but to 
I would rather people to still be able to critique their public officials because I think that's, yeah, that's fair. important at the end of the day. I think that's because the other thing too, it's like people can send you letters in the mail that are threatening and who's, who's regulating that. So it's like, regardless, this is going to come in in different ways. Like if there's someone that wants to either critique you or harass you, like it's probably going to reach you in some way. So to potentially like obstruct people's freedom of speech and protect public officials from criticism, I just don't agree with that. So yeah, this is very interesting. Like you said, it'll be interesting to see where it falls and where also the Supreme Court falls on it. Like who goes where on this issue. I'm not really sure to be honest. Me either. Yeah. Hmm. Well, speaking of some more suing, the (laughs) NAACP is suing in Mississippi and they're warning that the quote separate and unequal policing will return to Mississippi's majority black capital under a state-run police department and the civil rights organization is suing the governor and other officials over it. So Republican Governor Tate Reeves says violent crime in Jackson has made it necessary to expand where the Capitol Police can patrol and to authorize some appointed rather than elected judges, which I think is a very dangerous, slippery slope. So (laughs) not good. But the NAACP said in a lawsuit filed late Friday that these are serious violations of the principle of self-government because they take control of the police and some courts out of the hands of residents. Yeah. May I say one thing? This is coming also from a Republican legislature slash Republican governor, which if you are a true Republican, you believe in small government. So now they're creating additional government and governance and Mm -hmm. oversight and overreach. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. Yeah. Right. Quote, in certain areas of Jackson, a citizen can be arrested by a police department led by a state-appointed official, be charged by a state-appointed prosecutor, be tried before a state-appointed judge, and be sentenced to imprisonment in a state penitentiary regardless of the severity of the act, the lawsuit says. Derek Johnson, the national president of the NAACP, is himself a resident of Jackson. At a community meeting earlier this month, he said the policing law would treat Black people as, quote, second-class citizens. The legislation was passed by a majority white and Republican-controlled state House and Senate. Jackson is governed by Democrats, and about 83% of residents are Black, the largest percentage of any major U.S. city. The governor said this week that the Jackson Police Department is severely understaffed, and he believes the state-run Capitol Police can provide stability. The city of 150,000 residents has more than 100 homicides in each of the past three years. Reeves said, we're working to address it. And when we do, we're met with overwhelming false cries of racism and mainstream media who falsely call our actions, quote, Jim Crow. That's what falsely. the said. Falsely. <laughs> yeah. It's just, okay. According to one of the bills Reeves signed into law Friday, Capitol Police will have, quote, concurrent jurisdiction with Jackson Police Department in the city. The expanded jurisdiction for the Capitol Police would begin July 1st. Another law would create a temporary court with a capital complex improvement district covering a portion of Jackson. The court will have the same power as municipal courts, which handle misdemeanor cases, traffic violations, and initial appearances for some criminal charges. The new law says people convicted in a in the capital complex improvement district court may be put in a state prison rather than in a city or a county jail. The judge of the new court is not required to live in Jackson and will be appointed by the Mississippi Supreme Court Chief Justice. The current chief justice is a conservative white man. 
So really problematic news coming out of Mississippi, but that's not anything new from this governor, honestly, and especially the way this governor handles the city of Jackson. It's been a reoccurring issue. There's major water issues and discrimination on that kind of climate justice issues and the the long list of like this governor versus Jackson, Mississippi is long. And we really want to get the mayor of Jackson on the show. Hopefully one we can get on because it's such an important conversation and seeing the kind of dynamics between this governor and this like city. It's really interesting to see the governor of a state have a, the, a relationship like this with the capital of its own state. I don't know. It's like so crazy. Yeah. But it's also and so racially motivated in so many ways. So totally. it like also makes sense. <laughs> but it's like also to be like, oh, I was elected to governor and my, like my priority in a way, well, not even in a way, just in reality is to make life worse. Mm for people I represent. Right. Like that, that is it. Like you have the ability to use federal funds to solve the water issues in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. But now you're like too busy in your little welfare scandal. Mm. I can't. Also, speaking of which, Mississippi has a governor's election this year and there is a Democrat running. So mm-hmm. my candidate is brandon presley so go check him out he's he's been on our candidate watch support. before even if you're not in mississippi there's ways we can support candidates and yeah. elections we believe in, in i will also states. say this to that point is it's all about building power even if he doesn't win i mean let's hope maybe yeah. we can get them to win but if like no one organizes or if you have a family member or a friend a friend member oh well a friend in mississippi and you're able to you know reach out to them and help build those inroads that's incredibly important yeah a win is a win and a win oftentimes isn't necessarily winning that first race but it's actually starting to build that base so yeah thank you for coming to my voter suppression in mississippi as well and there's a lot of untapped voters and just a lack of infrastructure to reach them so the more that we can invest in these states and in these super red areas over time there is a reality in which it can it can actually switch like a georgia so Pay attention to races like this. Go support Jackson and, and Mississippi, that governor's race. And hopefully we can we can get a whole episode on on the politics of Mississippi because we're working on there's it. a lot there. There's a lot there. Back. Next story. Uh, on to the next one. On to the next one. This next story is about Mifepristone. She lives on. Oh my god, hair in the eyeball. Please help. Please hold. Anyways, the Supreme Court on Friday preserved women's access to the drug used in the most common method of abortion, rejecting lower court restrictions while a lawsuit continues. The justices granted emergency requests from the Biden administration and New York-based Danko, 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 Danko Shane, <laughs> Danko Laboratories, maker of the drug Mifepristone. They are appealing a lower court ruling that would roll back FDA approval of Mifi. The drug has been approved for use in the U.S. since two. Thousand and more than 5 million people have used it. Miffy is used in combination with the second drug, misoprostol, in more than half of all portions in the U.S. The court's actions Friday almost certainly will leave access to Miffy unchanged at least into the next year as appeals play out, including a potential appeal to the high court. The next stop for the case is at the New Orleans-based U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, which has set arguments in the case for May 17th. 
Two of the nine justices, Samuel Alito, the author of last year's decision overturning Roe v. Wade and Clarence Thomas, <clears throat> corrupt Clarence, voted to allow restrictions to take effect, and Alito issued a four-page dissent. Send that man to therapy. No other justices commented on the court's one-paragraph order. The court did not release a full vote breakdown. Interesting. President Joe Biden praised the high court for keeping Miffy available while the court fight continues, saying the stakes could not be higher for women across America. I will continue to fight politically driven attacks on women's health. But let's be clear. The American people must continue to use their vote as their voice and elected Congress who will pass a law restoring the protections of Roe v. Wade. Biden said in the statement. The justices weighed arguments that allowing restrictions contained in lower court rulings to take effect would severely disrupt the availability of Miffy. The challenge to Mifepistone is the first abortion controversy to reach the nation's highest court since the conservative majority overturned Roe v. Wade like a bunch of pussies 10 months ago and allowed more than a dozen states to effectively <laughs> ban abortion outright. In his majority opinion last June, Alito said one reason for overturning Roe was to remove federal courts from the abortion fight. It is time to heed the Constitution, return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives, he wrote. Yeah, okay. That, that argument's really just stood up. States' rights, my fucking ass. <laughs> But even with their court victory, abortion opponents returned to federal court with a new target, medical abortions, which make up more than half of all abortions in the United States. The abortion opponents filed suit in Texas in November, asserting that the FDA's original approval of Mifepristone 23 years ago, subsequent changes were flawed. Like their viewpoints, <laughs> the appeals court has spewed up its review and there is no timetable for a ruling. Any appeal to the Supreme Court would fall within three months of a ruling, but with no deadline for the justices to decide whether to review the case. I mean, great that this is yeah. where it's at, but the fact that we even got here in the first place <laughs> is the problem for sure. Yep. But I mean, I will say like, because of Roe being overturned, my, I guess, just view on the Supreme Court and the people on it was that like, we're fucked on every corner and seeing some decisions like this give me a little just bit of of peace knowing that they had the opportunity to take this away too and they didn't so just gonna have a little moment of gratitude i guess given the darkness that i thought would come from every decision from this from the supreme court so glad that they're not like full-blown like balls to the walls scorched earth but yeah we'll see what continues to happen with this it's still like a it's safe for now moment, but definitely this this felt felt good knowing that this is continuing to be protected for a certain amount of time. Totally. Totally. I just the whole thing is bananas. Yeah. I like just bananas. like genuinely had no hope for this Supreme Court. And so to know that this stands as it does now is brings peace for the moment. Yeah. But Small those are win. top small one, small one. Those are our top stories of the week. Tune in tomorrow for our episode with Samantha Drumroll. We are having a co-host of Caps the Tent Podcast. So if you guys remember a few weeks ago, we went on the Tent Podcast and chat with the team. We chat with Danielle specifically. And this week we have both, both co-hosts on the show talking about what cap action does how they got involved with it all just a lot of those key and core topics that they work with and also how you can get involved with cap you do not want to miss this no 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 so they are both hilarious so mm -hmm. if that's yeah. not a good not representation like a good hint 
Like if you want to laugh, if you want to chuckle, if you want a good time, you want to be like really feel like you're chilling with the friends and talking politics and just like absolutely howling, shooting the shit. This is totally that episode. Like it's, a yeah. thousand percent. This one's for you. And we also went on their podcast. If you ever want to hear us get interviewed for once, then go listen to that. And while we have you, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review, follow us on all of the podcast platforms, follow us on social media. And also I feel like we haven't plugged our GovHub in a minute. And I just want to take a moment because if you go to girlonthegov.com, which by the way, got a little upgrade. We upgraded our website. She looks very different. So if you want to go check out the new and improved Girl on the Gov website, go to girlonthegov.com. Then you can also find info on the GovHub, which was formerly known as our brand ambassador program, which is a place. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I sent out an entire blast email to all of our Gov clubbers, like, because we used to operate on a Slack channel being like, don't worry. Like we've moved to the, like the Gov hub has moved to Geneva or whatever. And then I realized after I sent it that I said Gov hub instead of Gov club. So like, yeah, we shot ourselves in the foot with, we that, really did. with that one, the Gov club you can learn about at girl If you want to continue the political conversation, get some political networking moments in, then go learn about it and go sign up. So that's that on that. That's our top stories episode. And we'll be talking to you tomorrow to the Lou. Doodles.